This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hello, I'm Sarah Gregory, and today I'm talking with Dr. Barr Goldberg at Schneider Children's Medical Center at Tel Aviv University. We'll be discussing cases of infant botulism in Israel. Welcome, Dr. Goldberg. Hi. What is botulism? Botulism is a rare but potentially lethal disease caused by a toxin produced by the bacterium Clostridium botulinum, a gram-negative spore-forming anaerobic bacteria. Um, this toxinia leads to a flaccid paralysis and even respiratory failure. Are there different kinds? Yes, there are six main kinds of botulism. The first is the infant botulism, IB, the subject of our study, also known as uh, the floppy baby syndrome, and results uh, from ingestion of Clostridium botulinum spores with subsequent colonization in the gut and release of botulinum toxin, causing acute flaccid descending paralysis. And the second type is wound botulism, in which Clostridium botulinum spores get into wounds especially after a traumatic injury, post-op, or IVDU. And the third type is a foodborne botulism, especially homemade, preserved, or canned, or fermented uh, foods that contain the toxin. Also, we have toxic botulism, such as by Botox injection, and biotelobot botulism. This is another type. You just briefly mentioned some of the symptoms, but how serious an illness can this cause? The disease manifests in a wide clinical spectrum from mild symptoms to life-threatening conditions, such as respiratory failure, and often lead to a late diagnosis, but it can be pretty serious. Is there a treatment for it? Yeah. Botulism is generally treated with botulinum antitoxin, such as baby bigs botulism immune globulin, and supportive care. Supportive care includes mechanical ventilation, feeding by nasogastrin tube, and monitoring. The antitoxin are actually antibodies that neutralize the circulatory toxin and prevent them from binding to the neuromuscular junction in the presynaptic acetylcholine release area. And the antitoxin does not reverse the neuromuscular junction blockade but prevent from uh, additional attachment. And the vaccines are under uh, development also. Your study is specifically about infant botulism. How is infant botulism different from other kinds? So infant botulism is the most common type of botulism. It affects infants in their first year of life, especially in the first six months. Alright, the common belief is that infant intestinal flora is insufficient to suppress Clostridium botulinum colonization. Honey contains botulinum spores, and that's why it is recommended to avoid honey consumption until one year old. Can it be fatal to these babies? Yes, it can be fatal. Infant botulism is quite rare disease, as I said, with wide clinical spectrum, so the diagnosis is often delayed with a rapid respiratory failure and need for intubation and mechanical ventilation. And the earlier the antitoxin treatment is given, the better and shorter the course of the, uh, this disease and prognosis. What ages are at most risk? Um, you mentioned under a year, but is it even more specific than that or just anything under a year? 
generally, uh, infant tourism is described in infants under one year old, but the peak incidence worldwide is two to eight months of age. And in our study, infant median age of diagnosis was six and a half months, older than previously reported three months. What should parents or clinicians be on the lookout for? What are the signs that a baby is even sick with botulism? Infant botulism is classically described as the floppy baby syndrome uh, with flaccid descending symmetric paralysis and recovery can take several weeks. The disease manifests in a wide clinical spectrum from mild weakness and constipation and feeding difficulties to a serious life-threatening hypotonia with respiratory failure. The most common clinical signs and symptoms in our study were hypotonia, poor feeding, and weak cry. Other symptoms such as midriasis, drooling, hoarseness were less common. And globally, how common is it? Since 1976, about 3,500 cases of infant putulism have been reported worldwide, and 90% of them in the U.S., with an average incidence of two cases per 100,000 live births. We assume that due to lack of awareness and laboratory tests, there is lack of report from Asia, Africa, and even the Middle East. The national incidence of infant botulism in Israel is relatively low, only 0.3 cases per 100,000 live births, uh, compared with two cases per 100,000 in U.S. or Argentina, and more similar to low-incidence countries such as England or Germany. California in the United States seems specifically to have the most cases worldwide. Do we know why? California has a higher incidence of infant botulism compared to other states in the U.S. That is true. This is likely due to the presence of Clostridium botulinum spores in the soil and dust in California, as well as consumption of certain types of honey that may contain the bacteria. So I mean that this might be a matter of soil ecology and climate conditions. But this is just an assumption. What was your study period? The study period was during 2007 to 2021. You want to take a minute to tell us about your study, why you did it, and what was the main goal of it? Yeah, infant botulism is quite a rare disease, and we saw a cluster of cases in 2021, which was interesting and led us to investigate whether this is an increase in the national incidence. So the main goal of our study were to evaluate the current incidence of infant botulism in Israel and examine national epidemiologic and clinical data from the past two decades. Tell us how you conducted this study, the number of patients, how you collected the data, and what tests were used, that sort of thing. So we conducted a retrospective multicenter randomized cohort study, including all infants, a one week to one year of age, would I be diagnosed by Kimon Institute? In addition, we verified with all the pediatric infectious disease specialists that no other patient had IB diagnosed during the study period. And we performed laboratory testing for infant botulism by using the standard MLB, mouse literally bioassay procedures. And we used other diagnostic tools such as electromyography, EMG tests, 
and stool PCR and endopepamex. And we retrieved medical records in six hospitals, and for each case, we collected demographic data, clinical data, environmental exposures, such as living nearby construction area, agricultural uh, occupation of parents, and uh, also laboratory tests. Uh, also in honey, formula, and soil samples, and the uh, clinical manifestations. Uh, we also collected information on treatment protocols, uh, whether supportive care only or administration of antitoxin, mechanical ventilation, antibiotic, uh, etc. Was it decided how these babies got sick from botulism in the first place? We found several risk factors and hazardous exposures. Uh, some infants live near construction areas and had a history of traveling outside near the construction site a few days before symptoms began. Two patients had a history of being given a homeopathic or a plant-based traditional medicine, such as the Anstun, which is an East leaf, a common traditional medicine for infant colic among Bedouin population, and another unrecognized mixture. One patient was exposed to contacts of a vacuum cleaner. Um, the father of one patient was an agriculturist and therefore exposed to soil-borne pathogens. And only in one case, actually, a sample taken from a honey cake that the infant had eaten tested positive by culture and mouth likely by assay to botulinum. Probably raw honey was poured over the topping of the cake after baking. What were the most common clinical signs of botulism that you saw in these babies? As I said, the most common clinical signs and symptoms were hypotonia, Feeding and we cry. The classical distending paralysis was observed in 75% of the infants, and only two patients were intubated and five were fed by nasogastric tube. So apparently honey is very popular in Israel, especially during some of the holidays, but you only found the one case of botulism related to honey consumption. Why do you think this is? Yeah, it is true we found only a modest link to honey consumption and infant botulism in our study, and no case occurred during the Jewish holiday around September, in which we do consume a lot of honey <laughs> in Israel. Uh, a possible explanation might be uh, an early and mandatory parental education program in outpatient infant clinic in Israel called Tipat Halav, um, that forbids honey product until infant is one year of age, so it might be due to this. What treatments did the infants receive? So half of the infants were treated by antitoxin, a queen derived. Two infants were intubated and five were fed by nasogastric tube. Is one treatment more effective than another? Our study is too small to conclude whether one treatment was superior to another, Half of the infants in our study were treated with antitoxin, whereas the rest showed clinical improvement and recovered without antitoxin treatment. Previous reports showed that antitoxin treatment shortened the length of hospitalization from 23 days to 13 days. In our study, infants who were treated with antitoxin were hospitalized for 17 days versus 13 days in those who weren't treated. 
And a possible explanation might be that the infant who received antitoxin had a more severe clinical picture, which necessitated the use of antitoxin, but also led to a more complex and prolonged hospitalization. Another possible explanation might be that the fact that in Israel we still use the equine-derived botulinum antitoxin, whereas in the U.S. the common antitoxin is human botulinum immune globulin, the baby big, which might be more effective. Did they all recover? Were there any long-term complications? Yes, they all recovered. The long-term prognosis was excellent, and no neurological or other sequelae were found among our patients. And did you find anything surprising? Yeah, first and foremost, we found that although infant botulism is a rare disease, the incidence in Israel may have increased, especially during the past three years. We also found that honey consumption is less prominent as a risk factor compared with environmental exposures, such as living nearby construction areas. Another surprising finding was that two infants had recovered spontaneously without any treatment. Another unique finding was a much older age of presentation in our study in contrast to previous reports, six and a half months versus three months of age. And we also found that nearly all of the cases occurred during spring or summer time, which is interesting. Do you think the COVID pandemic affected incidence of infant botulism in Israel in any way? Our sample is too small to conclude whether IB incidence increased during the COVID pandemia. However, as I mentioned, we showed a cluster of three cases that occurred during the pandemia. Personally, I think that the, there might be a connection. One assumption is that during the quarantine, people were allowed to leave their homes for a few hundred of meters and went for a short walk with their babies around the block and in construction areas. Uh, another explanation is that the common viral diseases decreased, so the physicians were more available to recognize the mild botulism cases that might have gone under the radar in a busy clinic. What are the public health implications of this study? First and foremost, increasing the awareness to infant botulism in Israel among clinicians. Secondly, we found that honey consumption is less prominent as a risk factor compared with environmental exposures. I mean, pores in soil, dust, uh, in construction areas, and we support further uh, investigation on this soil ecology and epidemiological studies. Are there any further research studies that you think are needed on this topic? Yeah, we support pediatricians and clinicians around the world, and especially in the Middle East, which lack of information on infant botulism prevalence and epidemiology to conduct studies similar to ours. The exact risk factors for infant botulism are still not fully understood, but there are several areas where further research could be valuable. First, I think that environmental exposure, and we're talking about sports in soil and dust, and further research could explore potential environmental risk factor and help to identify ways to reduce the exposure. Secondly, the second research area, in my opinion, is infant feeding practice and gut microbiome. The age of infant botulism presentation is around six months of age when most babies start to consume solid food. There is some evidence to suggest that the gut microbiome composition or flora 
may affect the risk from botulism. Further research could clarify this relationship and examine whether breastfeeding or certain foods might increase or decrease the risk of this condition. And the third research area, in my opinion, in my view, is genetic factors, because we know that some infants may be more susceptible to infant botulism due to genetic factors that affect their immune system or digestive function. And the fourth area is prevention strategies and even maybe vaccination for infant botulism. Dr. Goldberg, tell us about where you work, what you do, and how you became involved in this study. I'm a resident in Schneider Children's Medical Center of Israel. I graduated from the Technion Faculty of Medicine. I find an interest in immunology and infectious diseases as a research area. The head of my department, Professor Odette Scheuermann, observed the cluster of infant botulism cases in our institute in 2021 and suggested me to explore and examine whether this trend occurred in other hospitals in Israel and to conduct the first comprehensive botulism study in Israel. And I agreed. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, Dr. Goldberg. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And thanks for joining me out there. You can read the February 2023 article, Infant Botulism Israel, 2007 through 2021, online at cdc.gov eid. I'm Sarah Gregory for Emerging Infectious Diseases. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.